Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. I'm so grateful that you're here with us. We're talking throughout the season of Lent about Psalms and the brokenness of being apart from God, the joy of being called by God, the opportunity for new relationship with God, and therefore the new opportunity of relationship with others, whether it be a, a tremendous one or whether it be a strained one based on conflict or sadness. And this, um, the introit perfectly sets the tone for our season for this service. And you'll see our um, crosses here now throughout the season of Lent. Uh, and we wear purple throughout this season. A couple of announcements. Um, within our five practices that we try to live out. We don't always, sometimes we struggle. But radical hospitality. I want to remind you constantly of our email that goes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you say, what email? Uh, then we need to make sure that you're getting it. Um, if you uh, never receive it, make sure that you write your email in the attendance register that goes by. If you've written it down and have yet to receive one, it's potential, there's potential we've missed it. There's potential it's going to your junk mail. And if you'd like help with any of that, um, we are more than willing to help you um, because it matters that you get a lot of our news and notes. Um, also, for those interested in hearing more about membership, more about Memorial, and potentially joining our church, we want you to put the Sundays of April down in your calendar. Uh, 10 a.m., uh, it's during the Sunday school hour, and you'll be meeting with me and others uh, to learn more about each other, about Memorial, and about membership here at Memorial. We believe in passionate worship. Uh, we had um, an amazing memorial service yesterday for Steve Bruner, uh, the fiance of uh, one of our regular attendees, uh, Judy Moss. And um, I want you to uh, make a promise uh, that you'll do something this week. When we have the opportunity in those services for people to share stories about that individual, they share amazing things. Things that they treasure in their heart about that person. Um, the last of which yesterday was a student in the Spartanburg County system who had been impacted by this person as an educator. And he said, I would never be anywhere close to what I am without this person. And I'll forever live my life hoping to make them happy with my actions and my words. I want you to make a promise this week to write someone that you love, someone that you work with, and give them an encouraging note, the way that you would speak to them if it were their memorial service and you were cherishing them. Now, I wouldn't tell them that part, because that might weird them out. Um, but just write them a friendly note, something that you would say to them uh, that, that they might, you might never know the timing of uh, hearing something amazing uh, from another person about yourself. Um, Risk-taking mission and service. Uh, we have the craft fair for Greer Relief. Uh, we're the home for that fair. It happens twice a year, in the fall and in the spring. And the spring one is coming up this Saturday. It will be um, uh, in the Family Life Center, and uh, we encourage you to come and support those uh, people coming with their crafts so that we can support Greer Relief. And um, also, uh, Chili Cook-Off is uh, in the works uh, with our own Carol Johnson. If you can let her know that if you'd like to cook chili or if you'd like to judge good chili, uh, make sure that you let her know so that she can build that roster. Um, in our extras, um, unfortunately, uh, Bill Davis passed on Friday night. Uh, he was sick for some time. He had a great deal of care. He had a great deal of love surrounding him. And the service will be a week from today, more than likely at 2 p.m. 
uh, potentially 3 p.m. or later, but next Sunday afternoon here in the sanctuary. I want to make sure that you know that. And if you look around and you don't see someone here who would likely need to hear that information, make sure that they hear it, especially if they don't get the email. Um, I believe that's all of our announcements for the week, so stand as you're able and join us in our first hymn. now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. The, the scripture lesson for today is Genesis 3, 1 through 6. It's found on page 5 in your pew Bible. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, throughout this season, we hope that you help us to acknowledge the fact that we get obsessed with rules, stretching them for ourselves and enforcing them for others. Help us, Lord, when our relationship falls apart with you, when we run from you, when we feel shame, when we feel anger towards one another, to use this season to reconcile. Help us with the psalmist today and the expressions of gratitude for forgiveness and the promises of new hope. Help us with the table that we share today that we may gather around it, acknowledge our individual and corporate shortcomings, but acknowledge your forgiveness for us as well. Use every element of this service, Lord, to remind us of your peace, of your calling us to your side. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to give online, you'll see instructions on how to do so in your bulletin.
Please be seated. You can turn to page 32, um, Psalm 32, if you like, in your Bible. It's page 869. And I generally read uh, small parts of it, so you want to keep it open if you'd like to read along. I'm going to start today with a quote from Beth Tanner. She's a professor of Old Testament studies, and she said about this text, Forgiveness may be the greatest power in our lives. Without it, all of the relationships on which we depend would be lost. Its repetitive narrative rolls throughout the stories of the Old Testament. We humans are remarkably consistent, and thankfully so is God. While we all know the importance of this forgiveness, we rarely take time to celebrate it. This is the Sunday to do so. So the greatest power, the greatest power in our lives for all the relationships that we desperately need, according to Dr. Tanner, is forgiveness. Every relationship that we depend upon has little uh, paper cut things that we have to forgive and some things far beyond that that we have to forgive. Sometimes we're more inclined to forgive the big stuff. We get over it because we know, my goodness, I don't know how we got there, but whoa. But it's the little stuff that happens time and time again. That's the kind of stuff I talk about in premarital counseling. Little events and little words, little actions over and over and over, week after week, and you go, you know, could you just not do that? That would be amazing. Our relationship would be improved by you not doing that one little thing. Because doesn't that stuff build up interest? The, uh, what's the um, economists talk about? The miracle of compounding interest. If you put away enough and how that grows so dramatically more than you can possibly imagine, that's a good thing. But when that compounding interest piles up on the little stuff in your relationship, it can get away from you. And I love that she says humans are so remarkably consistent. We struggle. Consistently. 
come up short consistently. We say the wrong thing consistently. We offer our opinion when somebody needs a listening ear consistently. But she says, also, thankfully, so is God. God is consistent as well. So let's look at uh, chapter 32, verse 1. And I apologize, the um, translation's a different one. But it's the same chapter. Nope, I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to read from this one. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer drought. Salah. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's different interpretations of the word Salah. The one I've seen most frequently is Amen. You ever hear a minister say something that he or she thinks is profound and then go, Amen? And then what do they want the crowd to do? They want to say that. Yeah. I felt it right there. That was some serious energy coming back. I'm uh, I'm inspired, but maybe that's not our thing. Um, Sapped energy is the first thing I want you to notice. Is your energy level ever impacted by someone who's upset with you? By having someone upset with you? Does that ever draw you down and make you nearly unable to do anything that you need to do well? Maybe be a neighbor. Maybe be a coworker. Maybe be a boss. Maybe be a relative. Maybe be a church member. When that person is upset with you or you perceive that they're upset with you, It impacts your energy level when you're around them, when you're not even with them, when you're thinking about being with them. You know that there's going to be something, there's going to be some sort of tension. Is your energy level ever impacted by trying to avoid someone being upset with you? You're spending more time trying to do that than you're doing anything else. When I was 16, 17, and leaving for a really important trip in high school, I had to leave early, 6, 6.15, and there was no leaving late, period. I was running around with a bunch of stuff. I had multiple bags, multiple things, and I was driving. My parents weren't driving me. Went out to my car, threw something in the passenger seat, threw something in the back seat. I don't know why. Threw something in the trunk. I was going so fast. My brain was turning so fast. Dropped the keys in the trunk, slammed the trunk lid down. Bang. And I went, oh, because there's no leaving late. The bus is leaving you if you're not there. And I'm not missing it. So I'm just standing out there in the dark in my driveway, knowing that I had to go into the people in my home that will not be happy that I just locked my keys in my car. And my dad, I think, uh, very, I think I'm quite similar. He's really kind of fun and happy, unless he's not. <laughs> and it kind of goes, mm. man, I feared saying something to him that I did something stupid. And I had to go in there and say, I like my keys in the trunk. And he didn't say, son, it's okay. We're going to work it out. He said, what? You've got to go. What's your problem? What are you doing? I had to take a hammer out there and smash my window. Because I had to go. 
but I wasted 10 minutes in the driveway not wanting to go in and tell him. In the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Chill. The chill that goes over your whole body and the, you know, you're just like, oh, I cannot go in and tell that person that thing. I'm sure you felt that way with someone. I'm sure you felt that way with God. And side note, if you ever smash your window to get your keys, don't smash your window. The driver's side front. Go to the back one, the one that doesn't matter near as much. I didn't... It just kind of fell apart at the end there. But I did make it to the thing. Our energy level is no question impacted when we feel that someone is upset with us or we fear that someone will be upset with us. And also when we're upset with others. Verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. So I. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place, and you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. So admit to the only one that can remove the guilt of sin. He said, I'm not going to hide from you. I'm not going to run from you. You ever upset and you don't return a text? You don't return a phone call? You don't return an email? You don't go into the office? You don't go to that part? You don't go to that part of the church because I might run into that person? Let it go. Just give it to the only one that can forgive. Because we humans struggle sometimes. The psalmist says, I won't wonder if you know. I know you know. I won't wonder if you'll forgive. I know you'll forgive. And I'm going to do two things that are really hard for me. I'm going to humble myself and offer my weakness to you, God. I'm not going to act like I have it in control. And I'm not going to be too arrogant to offer my own humility. Even more importantly, I'm going to humble myself and offer forgiveness to others. See, when we hold on to it and we're not willing to give it, really we're thinking that we're due based on what we've done from that person. We're due a little more penitence from them. So three really important notes. I won't wonder if you will know. I won't wonder if you'll forgive. I will humble myself and offer my weakness to you, God. I will humble myself and offer forgiveness to others. Verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in Him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. So my interpretation, I'm not sure which one I pulled up on the computer, computer said, um, <laughs> elevate yourself above a senseless horse or mule. You think we can meet that standard? You think we can exceed that standard of being a little bit better than a senseless horse or mule who is unwilling to go the path that we're trying to go? I liken it to my dog who's a dachshund 
uh, Bassett mix. He's a good 12 pounds. I'm a good 249, 250. He pulls me like he's the one that's directing where we're going. He pulls me because he knows better than I do what we're supposed to be doing. He pulls me because he knows what we're uh, what our time frame is. He knows we got time. Hey, we got time. We got all day. We go this way. And he knows where he wants to go. He also knows that I can pick him up anytime I want to. And walk in 20 yards to show him up in public. To make sure that he listens to me. Can we elevate ourselves above a horse or a mule who have to literally have something on their head to pull them that direction? I think we can. In this season, if we recognize the greatest power is forgiveness, that we give away massive amounts of energy withholding it and not and uh, withholding our uh, offering it and also asking for it, if we can admit to the only one who can remove it, then we can write our relationship with God. We can offer that relationship to others with our actions and our words. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to turn to page 12 in your hymnal for the communion liturgy. our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If you'll remain seated and turn towards one another and say, Peace be with you in honor of this covenant. Look with me at the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of His suffering, death, and resurrection, He gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which He gave Himself up for us, He took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to His disciples and said, Take, eat, this is My body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. When the supper was over, He took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to His disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is My blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, and that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through Your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in Your holy church, all honor and glory is Yours, Almighty Father now and forever. Amen. I'm going to call forward those who are assisting with communion today. Each time we have a new retired minister join us, I briefly introduce them. This one here. I served with, uh, this is uh, Reverend Jerry Temple. He retired last from Buncombe Street. And um, do y'all remember that scene in Top Gun when um, Maverick had pushed it way too hard and it hurt Goose and felt he should never be a pilot again? Felt like he had done things that were beyond uh, uh, normal practices and been arrogant and done all the things he shouldn't do? I felt that way after the previous church when I went to Buncombe Street. I was in a new church start and redlined it and got to where I was competing with other new church starts rather than making sure people understood Jesus. So I went to Buncombe Street in 2011, pretty sad and broken and wondering if I should do this. And this one put me back together. And I'm grateful to him for that. Simple practices of showing up. Show up for every single thing. Don't say much. See, he's not even talking. Look at him. <laughs> Show up. Don't say much. Do what you say you're going to do. And um, just be friendly. And uh, Jerry helped put me back together again. And I'll, for the rest of my career, um, be grateful to him. And glad to have you serve with me today.
in the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward are welcome to do so. We serve by um, you coming forward and um, by the outside as led by the ushers. You'll come and kneel if you're able. You'll stand if you're not able. And we'll also come to your seat if you'd like us to, if you'll just let the usher know so that we know that you'd like us to do that. Um, we have, we'll give you a piece of bread and give you the cup to drink. And if you would like gluten-free elements, we have gluten-free bread on that corner. And on that corner, make sure you get them. On, this, on both sides, we typically have the, the right angle. On this particular day, we don't want you to come start any further than here um, because of the cross and the, and the stuff that stabilizes it. We don't want you to trip on that. Uh, so just come to the front, please. Uh, we'll call the choir first.
They are calling the questionnaires for new eagles in the morning. They're calling black commenters at the morning. They're calling retired ministers at the morning. And they're calling staff members at the morning uh, to ask them these three questions to learn more about. 